Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Midnight Special. Today we had Chris and Dalton on our show, longtime friends, both with tons of experience in the weightlifting community. Now, all of us have had over 10 years of experience, and uh, we all played different sports, wrestling, uh, basketball, baseball, swimming, and we all have different stories of what was the best type of workouts for us, and uh, how does that relate to scientific research of today's world and is it useful to us or is it not so i hope you guys enjoy this podcast it really dives in thanks for tuning in bye and we good yeah, we're good what's going on guys <laughs> everything's so <clears throat> i know um all of you guys here have been brought today because we all have one thing in common. <laughs> you guys all have experience lifting weights, and um, I know you guys are all pretty knowledgeable about it, so I want to get your opinion on something. We do definitely pick heavy things up and put them down, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do you do after you pick it up? Ah, <laughs> oh, I just put it back down, to be honest. Back to you, Joe. <laughs> okay, so this uh, quote is from a um, famous biomechanic you know, coach, um, been training people in strength and conditioning for like decades. This is what he says. <clears throat> the role of empirical, well-controlled scientific studies are vir virtually useless um, in the strength and conditioning community. Strength and conditioning depends almost entirely on anecdotal evidence and its correlation and evaluation by experienced coaches. This is because there are so few well-designed studies, it makes little d difference how well-controlled they are. That was a lot to digest. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that <clears throat> there's parts of it that have truth to it, but I think all things are proven through the actual quote-unquote study of it. You know, because if you have experience coaching, then you have experience with the sciences. It's not technically run through as a full experiment, but it's almost like a... A little mini experiment. Yeah, like a pseudo, maybe like a, yeah. a, maybe that's what he means by anecdotal. But then again, there's also, there also has been very like in-depth studies. So yeah. I don't, I don't know necessarily how much I agree with that part. There has been, but I don't think enough to like write an entire book based on science saying this is the way to do strength and conditioning. I think yeah. any of the certifications to be a personal trainer are kind of credited through scientific studies. That's how they're yeah. proven. Like, <clears throat> I went through uh, NASM uh, to get my certific certification, and most of it was, like, s quoting various sources. Then again, I know the person that did this quote, and it's not, you know, this is a public record. It's Mark Ripito of Starting Strength. So he, he has a CSCS. He has degrees in this kind of stuff. So he knows it. I just think he was angry with certain things in the scientific community. So he went off and he did things, quote unquote, anecdotally, mm -hmm. you know. And I totally, I totally agree with that, with with that approach. I wouldn't necessarily phrase it that way though. It's because there is a lot of anecdotal. Yeah, he's kind of disregarding the fact that there is a lot of like research and a lot of double blind, you know, like legit studies out there. Yeah, it's kind of sweeping that aside almost, like yeah. saying like it's this doesn't exist, you know, and that's kind of yeah, that's stupid because everyone here, you know, has definitely had their own personal uh, way of doing things that are the best way for them, and it might be the best way at that moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it really comes to the debate of, like, you know, should this thing be, like, extremely individualized, you know, strength and conditioning, like, how are you going to approach it? Or is there, like, you know, certain subcategories that you can say, oh, this is the type of training that you need? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, even more broad, saying everyone should train like this. Yeah, and yeah. you can't do that. That That is something that I think science yeah. does. That uh, Or I'm not, I'm not going to say science. I'm going to say uh, certain research does where it puts things under a blanket of, if you want size, you need to do five sets of five reps of compound movements. You know, yes, in the majority of what is proven, this is a great program, but it's also, what are your needs? Every individual is different. I think, Chris, you said something earlier where uh, 
it's like every single body is different. What, what was the thing you were saying? I said there's too much variability in each body yeah. in order to even begin to create a, a sort of control experiment. I mean, just to put it very basically, you know, there's three types of bodies, you know, very, very basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ectomorph, the yeah, endomorph, the mesomorph. Yeah, 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 those are like the basic metabolic rates, right? And everyone has different percentages of that. Um, but then you got to also bring in genetics, muscle insertions, ratios. That's true. Muscle insertions is something that I you don't usually hear about. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the difference between like tall lifters and short lifters. You usually see a lot of short lifters that are in like powerlifting. So it's like it is one way of doing things for a short person different than for a tall person. Because like me and Zane are short people and our bodies, <clears throat> our muscles insert at different angles than... Uh, Chris and Dalton because they're taller individuals. So when you yeah. deadlift, you know certain lifts people are usually stronger in. Like it, you might know this. Tall people in general are better at deadlifts. They have better biomechanics for them. Yeah, and I remember when Dalton and I were training for strength a couple years back. We definitely we accelerated at different rates for sure. Like I I was I excelled at like pull ups and um, you know like certain presses and stuff like that. But you were you were definitely ahead on the <clears throat> deadlift. Yeah, um, how would you, now? You brought up how powerlifters are usually smaller, correct? Shorter, shorter, shorter. Now we're most of the powerlifters I look at are bigger, six plus. When you look into they definitely exist. I'm not I saying mean, that they don't, because there's definitely yeah. There's could, a little bit of both. You can also consider the range of motion of each body has a a large impact on that is huge the potential you know, force you can exert onto the weight. Yeah, and as mm. as much as a study wants to try and get a control, you can't really get that with mm. all of this information because if you, if you ask all these questions in depth, you're probably going to have two people in the study, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not going to be like, you're not going to get a wide sample of, of a population. That's, that's... Yeah, virtually impossible. Yeah, so anecdotally, I think... Each of us here has kind of found a different rhythm. What What do you guys like? What do you guys think is the best way for at least you, like, and kind of like your your attributes? Man, I still don't know. I fucked all my shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about that. What What is what is like the things that you've learned not to do with your body, and like, what do you think led to that? What led to it was getting into the powerlifting, focusing on strictly picking up whatever weight I could, mm-hmm. not really focusing more, not really focusing on mobility as in, am I doing this lift correctly, but am I getting it up and showing off to everybody? That was like kind of the, more, where, the main focus. And then for, I would say a good solid five months, all I was doing was squatting every day and deadlifting every other day. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do anything else. With heavy weight? Oh, oh, like heavy was, weight. I yeah. was doing, I was doing one rep maxes every day oh Jesus yeah. Christ, bro. did you see progression i saw amazing progression my squat when i started my squat was at 315 and by the end of it i got 525 over the course of what time about a month about a month okay yeah um i was doing what's his name he used to own muscle farm mm. right. not he, the guy that died no oh, okay he's um he cory g fitness or whatever it is Oh, okay. Corey Gallagher or something like that. Okay, okay. He, um... <laughs> what was it shaking head for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, there's some bad blood. <laughs> Do you know who that is? No. No, uh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so he had, a, he had a routine where you would do three sets of ten, two sets of eight, two sets of six, two sets of four. Two sets of two and for one movement. Wow! For squats every day. That's every so day, but it was a different variation of squats. So you do a back squat, a front squat. You do a sumo squat. Oh, okay. You would do um, so hitting it from different ways. Yeah, and then you would do time under tension. But ultimately, what I did was say, "Screw that! I'm gonna just do back squats because I can't do front squats." And instead of doing the three sets of ten, the sets of eight, I would do. Okay, I got. I get to work up to like. 405 I do that for three and then everything else was just one so you kind of let your ego kind of get the in ego the way. take over was getting the lift and was feeling great right put a lot of size on the legs 
but ultimately now I can't put a sock on without struggling. Yeah. <laughs> what is well, it that's yeah. going on? I'm just super tight. Hips are super tight. Even from taking days off? I've not worked out pretty much this entire time on programming. I'm still super tight. After 10 months? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you also injured yourself as well. Yeah, I've had hamstring pulls. I've pulled my groin. I've had an inflamed bicep tendon. I, I want to go back to like what you were saying, like where you let, because a lot of people let ego to kind of take them on this, this kind of, that decides what program they're going to do. A lot of people, you know, and it's kind of, it's good that you're saying that. It's good that you're saying it out loud that you let your ego take the way. Cause a lot of people, they're, they're kind of like, no, 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 this is the best program. Cause it's, you know, you lift higher reps, higher intensity, but really your, your body can only handle so much. It needs time to adapt, you know? And you also, like you said, you need to work on other variations of something. So like someone who's a specialist in something doesn't mean they should always be doing that thing. Like a power lifter shouldn't just always be deadlifting, squatting, and benching. You know, there's other things to throw in the mix. And I know you've had tons of experience in the powerlifting world. What kind of things have you found that like, yeah, these are the prime lifts, but these things also help me or this type of loading and uh, uh, deloads have helped your formula kind of thing? Just in general, overall, um, I think I've been able to maintain relative, like, good health in, in lifting. I've hurt my back, like, maybe a couple times. Spinal? <laughs> Spinal? Yeah. And I've had, to, I've had to sleep on the ground here and there. <laughs> Everyone has, you know? Family comes in, what the hell are you doing on the ground? <laughs> we bought you a $500 bed. Yeah. But for the most part, I've been pretty healthy about it, and <clears throat> it just comes to finding this balance of pushing yourself, but um, eventually realizing, like, there's, when your body gives you signs, you know, like... Yeah, listening to your body kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. If you start, like, really hurting in a way that's more than just, like, your muscle being strained, like, during a workout, and mm-hmm. it's, like, actually, like, 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 a, like a pinpoint, like, you can say, like, it hurts really bad, like, right here, you know? Right. Right. Or, like, it's just something that feels unnatural. Like, I shouldn't be feeling, like, this shitty from lifting weights, you know? Mm-hmm. That's when you, like, take that step back, you know? I, I also know that you've also recently started changing up a ton of your programs. Because I remember you said you were getting very tight. And uh, recently you started doing a lot of hip mobility and, and uh, really trying to open up that area. Is that something that you did out of necessity, like... Or did you just yeah, do it? Yeah, I was experiment? having the same problem Dalton's kind of having where just you just feel like tight all the time and like bending over is a pain in the ass, you know? Like, right. And it was just like putting a saga. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's just like daily life becomes uncomfortable, you know? And, and it's, it's like, like, I don't want to live like this. And, and that's kind of like, you know, you work out to live a better life, you know? Like, yeah. or what is your goal of working out? Is it to lift the heaviest way possible or is it to be functional in your in your life? And when it comes to that, it's all about the balance yeah. of everything, you know? And that's something that you can see in so many different... Now, were you seeing these signs gradually, or did they kind of happen all in one day? No, I did what you did, too, for a bit. Like, I was ignoring them. And I was... Like, every, you know, squat workout or every deadlift workout, I was going for a one-rep max. Mm-hmm. And that is not fucking good. <laughs> nope, not in the long run. That is not a good strategy. I, I hear, like, a new way of training is like people don't even max anymore they don't even like attempt max it's a lot of pressure on the joints that's something that we don't even think about when we're young we're so elastic our joint structures are you know way more forgiving but they wear as we age and something that's coming up through uh i don't know if it's through just popularity or just like famous people are kind of doing it like i know gsp is doing this water-based training with uh water weights they call it. It almost looks like colanders, <laughs> and really? uh, and you you move it rapidly through the water, and it's zero impact on your joints, yeah. but you're still getting resistance through the weight. It actually looks really cool, and I, I kind of want to look into it, and it just makes sense. You don't want to really wear out the joints. You want to get the musculo musculoskeletal system to adapt, and also neurological. Now, saying that, I don't. I'm not saying like no. Training on land 
is good. I think that's essential because no, you need to train your joints. We need well. to become more aquatic, so definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to go back in evolution. Ice caps are melting. <laughs> yeah, ice caps are melting, people. <laughs> We're water-dwelling mammals originally. <laughs> yeah, but I, me personally, I've been trying to, uh, I've gone through so much injuries and errors and I try and keep a balanced mind, but even with that kind of mindset, you're still going to hit these snags. If you do something that you're unaccustomed to and you don't really know how your body feels, then it's going to, it's just going to, you're going to have to roll with the punches. There's always going to be something wrong, you know? So I've, I've gone through that because I switched through so many different areas of, of focus because I've done the bodybuilding kind of a way more hypertrophy and I felt way too tight. I started getting shoulder impingements. Then I went to gymnast training, you know, felt good. I went to powerlifting. I got hip pain, blah, 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 all these different things. And I, I'm trying to find a rhythm, a, a kind of a, something that combines all of these elements. And recently I've been starting to, uh, I'm doing a lot more calisthenic based things and full range motions, uh, a very compound, trying to get as many muscles activated as possible but also challenging through a full range of motion. And that, I feel a lot better. I don't feel like I'm doing repetitive stress to my, my muscles. I feel like I'm constantly feeling different uh, yeah. different areas being worked, and it's really good. And I also try and train like my wrist, uh, my, my joints uh, through the wrist and stuff, and I feel like that's getting better. I don't know the science of that, and that's where it goes back to that anecdotal thing. I don't know you know, scientifically, is this going to be something? It's more like kind of word of mouth that, uh, you know, gymnasts have said this and calisthenic people have, yeah. have talked about this, you know, and it's, it's important. And something that you said recently, and it was kind of a joke, uh, Zane, was when you were saying like taking small amounts of a poison to become uh, acclimated to it and you eventually get better. So putting yourself in compromising positions, um, yeah. you know, but you do that gradually and you prepare your body through it. Exactly. Do you guys think that that would prepare you for, let's say, a slip-up where you get in a compromised position? Well, you can scale lifting in general back to that whole concept, right? You're putting yourself in a compromising position and trying to overcome it. And, you know, once you feel like, for example, you, you put 315 on your squat, you do that, it feels tough, you keep at it. And then once 315 feels easy for you, you add more weight. Yeah, but when I when I say like compromising position, I'm not saying like just because it's tough it's compromising. Mm -hmm. I'm saying like compromising as in like a weak chain. So like if you're doing it with improper form, you know, like and so so like I'll give you an example. Um I do wrist training where I'll I'll put my my the back of my hands on the ground and I'll try and do a push up in that position. That's usually not recommended, right? You know, you don't usually hear that. Yeah. And you, you start off doing it on your knees and you slowly put a little bit of weight forward and go through that full range of motion. It's almost like active stretching. Mm -hmm. You're kind of stretching through a full motion, but eventually it doesn't feel like it's weak anymore. It feels like it's stable. And then you yeah. can kind of do a push up where you're using, uh, you're putting a little bit more weight on and a little more weight. And then you could kind of make it harder from there. And that's not necessarily a uh, strong angle that you should be on like almost like standing on your ankles you know like that's not recommended you're definitely gonna um gain strength in this compromised area mm -hmm. and whatever stress you put on your body um <clears throat> if you do it gradually and you do it over a period of time your body's gonna evolve like that's what humans do we evolve to these stresses in our life we adapt yeah. that's how all biology works really that is the said principle which is proven through science yeah. specific adaptations to impose demands yes. so that is <laughs> that is exactly but at the same time you could be fucking your body up like you'll you'll feel stronger but like maybe your joints are getting fucked up in the process so you're saying that's like more <clears throat> anecdotal you don't know the full you don't know the full thing yeah yeah that's true i mean but <laughs> i'm experimenting it's true <laughs> It could also still be subjective to you as a person. Like, what if you what if you specifically have a weaker wrist, you know, joint than someone else? And so you can have all your friends try the exact right. same thing you're doing and right. everyone else is showing good signs. Even you maybe start start off showing good signs. Okay, this feels good. But then right. a month down, three months down, six months down, all of a sudden 
now your wrist is sprained and you can't put any weight right, on that right. at all. Yeah. And that's why everyone else is okay. That's that's a really good point. And that's why cookie cutter programs that a lot of like uh, online trainers do, it's it's scary, you know? And it's it's yeah, for maybe the general population it might be great, but there's when you're hitting such a high number of, of clients, that's it's dangerous. Because there's people that are going to have different genetics, different, you know, and their bodies maybe aren't really for that. And that's, that's a hard one to say, um, you know, because you kind of have to go off anecdotal evidence. Because they're not the majority, they're the minority of, of whatever that program was developed off of. Mm-hmm. That, that is really true. You, I, know, Dalton, I know you've tried a lot of different uh, online training protocols. Is there, do you notice a trend? Of, of how they kind of formulate things do you do you think that it's kind of a it does more good than bad or do you think that you just kind of roll with the punches and uh, every program I've done was for a different reason I did the strength program program with Elliot right to get Elliot Hills yeah, yeah. did the lean hybrid which is basically a five five, um, where he focuses mainly just on squat, deadlift, pull up, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done, we've done the Greg Plitt, where did mainly hypertrophy. I've done. Shit, what else I've done? You just told us about the Greg G guy or Craig. Yeah, I've done the squat every day. Because um, you did that too, yeah. Yeah. The same one. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I just kind of did my own free. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of fitness personalities that are doing the squat every day, you know. Right. Shut up and squat. Um, <laughs> your motherfucking set. <laughs> um I'm sorry, I forgot your question. Like, do you think that it's it does more good than bad? Do you think that there's a big error in that? So with Elliot, I thought it did a lot more good. Because he focuses on the movement. Mm-hmm. Like the first week or two, you're not doing any weight. You're literally just getting your body situated under the bar. And you're making sure that you're doing this correctly. He recommends you know, going as light as possible. Right. Making sure you're feeling it. But then, you know, I've also done... Uh, what's his name? Jim Stefani's, you know, bigger arms in a month. The bodybuilding guy. Yeah. yeah and yeah, that's the, the doctor of bodybuilding. Um, he, his program, you know, you're working arms pretty much every day mm-hmm. and that is actually around the time when my ba- my bicep tendon got inflamed when I was just trying to pull myself up a simple rope. Right. It doesn't um, take those pre, you know, like the pre-factors. Yeah. It doesn't, no program. Also a few of those programs don't talk about loosening up, stretching before anything, you know. You see a lot of the diet. You see a lot of, like, the workout. Yeah, it says go, you know, here's the workout, you know, start. You know, when it says do five of five, okay, you're like, okay, I'll do one, you know, one warm-up set. Yeah. And then I'm going to my five-rep max, and you're still not fully warm. You're not getting warm until your third set, and by then, who knows what kind of damage you've already done. Right, right. And that's where, ultimately, I screwed up because... I mean, you and I have worked out together. You and I have worked out together. I don't really warm up. It was kind of just like, let's get into the lift. So yeah, I, yeah. And then also the ego takes. I'm like, okay, I'm lifting with a buddy. Like, especially working out with Zane. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta beat Zane. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta yeah. beat Zane. I gotta, you know, okay, me and Jess here working out. Like, I want to do more. Right. So I'm gonna, yes, you know, okay, ooh, my hip felt a little weird on that, or I probably didn't squat that properly, but I can. I could still probably put 20 more pounds on and get it. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Okay, so you guys have both done the squat everyday thing. What do you think, like, <clears throat> about that idea in general for people? Is squatting everyday, like, a good thing? Can it be good? Can it be done right? You know, do you recommend it? I have a, a really quick thing. Squatting itself is a movement that we do every single day of our life. We Weighted need to be squats. good at it. Yeah, weighted squats is a different story, and that's with different loading protocols. Now, I'm, you guys have experienced it, so I'm, I'm gonna let you, you know, take it. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give a follow up to what you said. Mm-hmm. So I tried it out for a month, um, and in the beginning, it felt really great. 
Towards the end of the month, I was hating every single time I got under that bar. I try to keep mixing it up because I feel like with the whole concept of anecdotal evidence, there's also that whole vibe of knowing your own body. You know, you can tell when something feels off. You mm -hmm. can tell when you're not engaging that right muscle. And that's a whole other side topic that we can talk about. Yeah. You know, you can do the lift, you know, the exact same way, but activate a different muscle group in that same lift just based on a simple twist of the wrist or a simple, you know, pull it up higher, look forward, lower your shoulder back. You know, that, there's all these so minute true. details that people may not even think about while they're doing a lift. Especially um, beginners, like beginners going into a squat everyday program. Yeah. How you lift something. Like, and I think that should be the primary focus of all working out. Know your body. Mm -hmm. Know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think, that, that is a really, really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in that month when I was doing it, you know, I was noticing that my body was getting really fatigued. My back was really hurting. Mm -hmm. Just having the weight on there every day in the same exact spot. So I tried mixing it up, high bar, low bar, front squat. Um, and it was... Overall, I would say it was nice. I, I gained size. I gained strength in my legs. Uh, I gained a, a deeper understanding of squatting in general from my own body. Mm -hmm. Now, is it something I would recommend? I'm going to say no. Not to someone who is inexperienced. I don't even think I'm experienced enough to have to, to repeat this program. I think it, it was an experiment on myself. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have been lifting for... A very decent amount of time where you are very in tune with your body I say it could be a great program with set parameters of knowing when you know you're, you're feeling fatigued or like you were saying Dalton making sure you have proper warm-up mm -hmm. because even though it is a very simple movement you know that we do every day we squat every day it's still a compound movement and it still engages a lot of muscle groups that you may not even think about like your lats for example are engaged and people don't think about that sometimes. They just think, okay, squats are quads, so maybe I'll warm up my quads. But I feel you really have to get a full body workout in, even to do this this movement, because it is a compound movement. Yeah. It's funny. I had the reverse effect. Hmm. The first few weeks, well, the first few, I would say the first week every day, I was kind of like, okay, legs are sore. I really don't want to do this. But by near the end of the month, I was it, it kind of just came second nature. Like, okay, I'm going to squat. Um, and it actually got to the point where, you know, you said how your back and legs would hurt when you got under the bar. My legs would hurt pretty much all day until I got under the bar. Once I started the workout, my legs, the there, yeah. Yeah, my yeah. legs felt fine. And then, you know, I was like, okay. And then as I saw progression, as my squat just kept going up and up. I was working in a small gym with, I was at a, my works gym. So you pretty much see the same people every day. People know it. They see you squatting. They make comments. They go back to the whole ego thing. People knew I was squatting. They knew, like, people would leave the bar for me at right after work so I'd have my own squat rack. Squat man. Yeah. I would be like, okay, <laughs> Dalton's going to squat. Squat man's coming. And then they'd also, you know, they give you compliments on your squat. So by that time, you're like, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, that, you know, I may be hurt, but I'm getting attention. I'm, the, I'm getting I'm the, noticed. I'm the squat guy. <laughs> I, and at the end of the program, I felt a lot stronger. My deadlift went up. My squat went up. My physique, in general, even though I was mainly just doing those two lifts, looked better. Wasn't doing any real upper body. I was just doing, like I said, deadlift squat. I would recommend squatting every day. Um, definitely follow some sort of protocol. Don't do the one rep max and switch up the variations. Don't just keep doing the back squats like I was doing. Right. And with mobility, you know, mobility stretches after or before. I don't really know what's the best. But um, I feel like it can be extremely beneficial, especially yeah. for that beginner who's trying to put size who wants to see a result quickly or maybe someone that has smaller legs who may need to put in this work to get the legs to that point where they want them i'd recommend it how, how did your body feel though like so you're talking more aesthetic and mm -hmm. and i guess strength neurological but how did you feel like because you said you were sore every time mm -hmm. you left the gym did you feel good did you feel functional i 
I had not felt functional in a while. So <laughs> your I didn't feel functional off. before this program. Your baseline was thrown off. Yeah, but um, like how did I? So I was. I mean, at that point, I didn't know if I was sore because I was doing. If I was tight, if I had just worked out hard, and you're just dealing with that, you know, that feeling. I was in pain. Yeah, legs hurt. Legs were always. They felt like they were swollen. But at that point, I'm like, okay, they're just, they're just tired. They're right. Yeah, I want I want to say something just for, um, to bring that kind of the science back into it, because because science does explain a lot of these things. Like it's not always just anecdotal. Just because you experience it, you're finding the best way for you. There's there's a rate of ad- adaptation. So when you're if you're a beginner that never have squatted and you just go balls to the wall squatting. First off, if you don't know if your form's right. Second off, if your muscles aren't used to it, you're gonna deal with a lot of pushback. So I, I wouldn't, from a personal training background, I wouldn't say um, do this one motion every single day with high weight. And you said that. You said don't max out, don't yeah. do this, follow a protocol. Follow a protocol. Yeah, follow follow a protocol, and that's very important. I think the most important part, and this is this is my own opinion, this is my anecdotal side coming in. It's Finding, going back to what Chris said, uh, how to work your body. It's not it's not what you do, it's how you do it that matters. And I think that if you have intention and you go into a movement saying, I know what muscles I want to activate, I know how I'm going to try and activate this, and going a step behind that, if you're a beginner beginner and you don't even know how to activate certain muscles, start off there. Start off with no weights, learning how to just move because you have to move the function of our bodies is to move it's not to just lift heavy weights we're not really designed for that we're not very strong creatures you know there's much stronger creatures out there gorillas all these things <laughs> gorillas but yeah and it's, it's just not what <laughs> in the rock a different human different species and that's you have to realize what is the most functional way of you to live and and it's Letting go of the ego because you can't let the aesthetics take that that part of <laughs> you can't let the aesthetics take over the functionality of what you're trying to do. And Zane, I know that you recently just started running, and this is Whoa, for people cardio? at home. For people at home, this is this is out of this world. We've never heard of this. We used to wrestle, and Zane never did cardio. He was. He would throw people on the ground. He didn't care. He was like, "Ah, <laughs> protein." Yeah, thanks, brother. I'm a, I'm, I'm a caveman. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a no, fucking Neanderthal. Caveman used to run more, bro. <laughs> I'm a lazy caveman. Right? <laughs> You're a lazy, lazy Neanderthal. So you know, this one isn't gatherers. Zane was a gatherer. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept gathering it. Calories, calories. <laughs> I do want to touch on the running. How has that been feeling on your body? That's something new, right? Yeah. So the first time I did it, I went ham. Yeah. I mean, like the amount that I actually ran wasn't that much. It was a lot for me though. Mm-hmm. And I started six off... steps. <laughs> he walked out of his house, <laughs> back into his house, <laughs> ran to his car, a little chilly. <laughs> Ate some calories. He got tired. <laughs> I, started, I started off. Well, what I'm trying to do now is do one like long distance run per week. And one um, hit training session per week, so high intensity interval training. And I started off with the high intensity workout, and I started with sprints. <laughs> you poor man. My organs were hurting. <laughs> my kidneys were hurting. <laughs> Kidney function. I had an asthma attack. I was my body was not having it. Yeah. I was in so much pain, and this wasn't when the smoke was going on, right? I mean, my area wasn't really affected by the smoke. Oh, okay. But, uh, what about your knees and hamstrings? Because I tried attempted running after not doing it who knows how long. No, and for like okay. four days I was out. The shin splints. Yeah. yeah. Legs locked up, calves locked up, hamstrings were tight. I was walking like I had two mm. peg legs. Two things. Mm-hmm. Zane, Zane also recently has also implemented way more mobility. Like mm-hmm. He's able to go through a full pistol squat range of motion. And that's a huge range of motion through your ankles, your knees, your hips. So like getting that down, that's very uh, crucial for all those other types of movements. I think your musculoskeletal system is kind of just 
always tense. Always tense. So that's a different dynamic right there. Although you both are very strong men. <laughs> <laughs> and both have meaty thighs. <laughs> I mean, it did affect my body, too. Like, there was, like, like parts on, like, my hip and my obliques. Like, like random muscle groups that, like, I haven't felt in a while. They were just, like, sore after the run. Mm. And I'm like, whoa. Like, I forgot about these guys. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know about those muscles until yeah. they rear their ugly head. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Something that I found, when people think about stretching, they think about, like, doing a hamstring stretch and staying there for three minutes, you know, like, and, and doing, like, these long-term stretches or just kind of, like, going through these, like, quick, you know, stereotypical stretches, like the bodybuilding uh, or the, the bench press stretch where you pull your arm across your body <laughs> and you're not even stretching your pectorals, you know, like, you're, you're not really doing effective stretching. When I say mobility, I think it's more movement-focused flexibility, and I think that you can do that with weights. I think you can do that with so many different movements that you guys, that we all do, a pull-up, a squat, something that I've been implementing in that is will definitely rip the ego right off your body or out of your body, uh, overhead squats. Overhead squats are intense. Have you guys tried that? With no weight, yeah. When, like, no bar overhead, just your hands overhead? Oh, with the bar, but, like, no weight on the bar. Right, right. Yeah. Dude, that shit, that's one of the best pastoral, uh, pastoral, postural exercises that I could recommend to anyone, as long as you're doing it with good form. Don't you did that yesterday. How, how'd that feel? I felt like a limp. It'll get you. It was an extremely hard motion for me, because I have not only tight hips and hamstrings i have tight shoulders mm -hmm. but a big heart big heart yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, but see i want to you know you're talking about mobility and you know you recently i mean you've done it for a while you've been incorporating this for a while i know many people out there who at least i thought i was still flexible i could touch my toes when other people couldn't and i was like yeah flexibility i can touch my toes right and you don't really focus on anything else until you get to that injury point. And then you look at normal day things where you're trying to put a sock on and you have to get in some weird ass position just to put a damn sock on. Right. <laughs> yeah. At this age, we shouldn't be asking that. Yeah. I'm, what, turn, turning 25 in a month and yeah. I feel like my body's been through hell. What's that, <sighs> thing, what's that thing that lets you know your body, uh... Telomeres. Your body age? Yeah, yeah. Telomeres? Yeah. What age do you think you are? <laughs> oh, I put my body through hell this past uh, 10 months, so. Yeah, as far as, like, sleeping and diet and everything. Sleeping, diet, stress, yeah. work, not really working out. Um, dude, telomeres, I'll probably be, like, in my 30s or, like, maybe, I don't know, honestly, maybe 40s. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's been... Could be. It's, it's been bad. Would you I say was, you're uh, indefinitely tired? I'm... <laughs> Forever tired and forever wanting those kids to get off my damn lawn. Check. <laughs> we checked that box up. Okay, yeah. next one. Um, How does that make you feel? I am interested in getting those tested to kind of see where I'm at. Yeah. I'd like to get them tested before I start the new program I'm going to do. But. What's the new one? What's the new program? Just going to change up the eating style. Kind of follow that. Uh, you know, keto in the morning at lunch. Higher fat, you mean? Higher fat, water, protein, and then do carbs at night. I'm going to start actually incorporating cardio, stretching, mobility with my weight training and see where it takes me. Sounds balanced, man. Yeah. It's, it's all about progression, too. It's small steps, you know. It's well, yeah, cardio is going to be like walking the dog. It's right. It's not going to be like... Right, yeah. Not, not going to do too. sprints during fire season. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> For during fire season. <laughs> Bronchitis is good for you, man. Let to, me tell you. To bring it back to stretching, because you just said how you're going to incorporate new stretching. And Jesse, you're talking about how you want to include this stretching that is using your body in movement. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that there is a place in the gym for stationary stretching, or should it only be dynamic stretching? Yes. I, I'm glad you asked that. There's, there's always a time and a place. Um, for, for each type of motion, I would say before any workout, it has to be dynamic. You don't want to, you don't want to hold something in one place. If you're about to move it through a full range of motion, you mm -hmm. don't want, you don't want to stretch through that. You want to be able to, um, if you're squatting squat, you know, start off a slow mobility, get in something where you can go into a deeper squat position through that range of motion. 
um, and afterwards, that's when you can lengthen it through that full range and, and kind of elongate the muscle that you just shortened for that entire workout. But I think more people need to focus on stretching through motion rather than stretching in a, sta a stationary point, unless, asterisk, asterisk, unless you have no mobility and it's, it's limited to the point where you can't really get that full range of motion to begin with. Exactly, yeah. And I think at that point you need to add in other factors of mobility like um, work, working on soft tissue manipulation and also something that people don't really look at is joint manipulation mm -hmm. where a lot, of, a lot of us, we live our life in, in one plane of motion where we're walking forward, we're sitting, we're driving with our arms in front of us hunched over in that position. Our shoulders move forward or our neck moves in weird positions. And then we kind of try and work out in this, uh, this compromised position already. So you're just building on top of a weak foundation. So you need to be able to get your joint, uh, your joints back in alignment. And I'm going to, I'm going to name drop cause this book has really helped me. And, uh, this person is a doctor of, of physical therapy. Kelly so Starrett. He doesn't know anything about it. He has no clue about the workout world. Um, Kelly Starrett, he owns a CrossFit gym, and you know, you usually hear CrossFit as like horrible form, horrible blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. But no, it's 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 that is hard. That's not its aim. Exactly. It people can always skew what something means, but the heart of what it means, as you just said, is something completely different. And he is the 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 true form of what I think that CrossFit style is. And the book that he wrote that really helped me out is called Becoming a Supple Leopard. And Supple Leopard. Isn't that a weird ass name? That is a strange name, but I don't ask questions. It is a great fucking book. They go, he goes into topics of why you need to kind of uh, implement a philosophy of mobility first, you know, like and kind of gaining through that. And, you know, and I don't, I don't want to misquote him or anything. I, I definitely, I highly recommend it. I'll, 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 I'll lend you my book. Um, cause it's, it's helped me out. I've had neck pain, shoulder pain, hip pain and all that stuff. And it really starts with just your body is, it's telling you something. It has a message, but we need to learn how to read that body. We need to learn how to actually like say, Oh, okay, this is what it's saying. And that's an ongoing thing. That's what this life is. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to find out we're living externally, but we need to start living internally and find out what is the meaning of, or what, what am I trying to do? What, am, what makes me happy? What makes me feel good rather than the external, uh, value of, of like, gra uh, someone self gratification or something like that, you know? And so mo being able to move, I think is just the foundation of our life. It's the foundation of how we communicate. We need to be able to move. So that should be the primary focus of most individuals in order to feel better. That is like a huge off tangent of what you just asked me. Mm -hmm. But that's just, I feel like I needed to say that. I mean, I think the viewers <laughs> will appreciate that too. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I have more question for you. Yeah. So you see most of these people that are working on mobility now. Like you and I look at the Sal Stefano and Adam Schaefer and your supple leopard gentlemen gentlemen but uh most of these guys have been lifting for who knows how long they have a foundation there already mm -hmm. and they can focus on this mobility and do you know mobility style workouts where they're doing compound lifts mixed with mobility movements and maintain their physique now say you're taking a beginner who wants to put on size who wants to quickly put on size maybe he has to put on size for football and make it scary. right, right, right. What sort of program are you going to gear that person to, where they can gain the most amount of muscle but still maintain the mobility while also putting in a time factor on things? Because you can talk about stretching, you can talk about doing mobility workouts, you can talk about doing cardio, but do you have the time and nothing. But really, you're in the gym for most people in there between an hour to an hour and a half. Right. What are you going to do in that time? To maximize. to maximize your results and become that's, the strongest version of yourself. That's a really good question. And it's different for everyone. For someone in that predicament, just because I say mobility doesn't mean it's it's the style of working out. Just because Kelly Starrett, he's, he owns CrossFit Gym. It's not like he's just working on being mm -hmm. able to do the splits, you know? 
he's he's working on getting full range of motion and through that you're going to gain full strength through that full range of motion so at the fa the fundamental level of the workout you need to be able to move through that full range of motion if you want to get stronger through that full range of motion if you're trying to build a house on a weak foundation you'll never you'll never be able to build a strong house so first things first be able to move at the beginning of the workout do as much as it takes if the person that that needs to get the muscle gets the uh, uh, all that stuff if they can't squat down then it'll take as long as it needs to if the first workout needs to be more mobility focused then it needs to be more mobility focused but as time goes on it's mobility through motion as i was saying earlier so you can still have strength through a full range of squat if you're squatting correctly you are stretching through that full range of motion and the, the weight on your back is actually helping your muscles stretch but it's also helping getting that strength because you have to resist through that full range of motion so i would recommend being able to go through the motions that you're trying to activate if you're trying to activate uh for for hypertrophy through example football you need to get your whole legs to be as strong as possible squats deadlifts and then you need to be able to be able to push away pull away you need to get that length tension balance where yeah you want your chest to be strong but you also want your back to be strong because you're going to need to activate both of these things at the same time and they help each other out they're all synergistic mm -hmm. so it, it, it's it sounds vague but it's learn how to squat it's one of the most important things to be able to do squat through a full range of motion press through a full range of motion overhead extension uh, the book becoming a sub leopard it goes through different archetypes that everyone has to go through and there's there's an overhead there's a, a deadlift there's a squat there's a um you know all these these fund like these these majority movements that we all kind of have to go through and first be able to get the range of motion through those archetypes then build that strength on top of those motions through compound movements learn how to move your body the entire thing yeah you guys good? So we talk about football, right? And that bring, and that um, so it makes me think back to our topic uh, and how uh, you know it's not we we keep talking about anecdotal evidence versus scientific evidence, but we haven't really touched upon the coaches part of it. You know, um, we we we've touched a lot upon how to begin a workout or how to do this workout, but mm -hmm. how do you necessarily see? the gains, if you will, the, the increase in strength uh, on these workouts? Um, and do you think that coaches are an integral part to this? Yeah. Because for myself in particular, when I was swimming and then going to the gym with my swim coach, I was able to do a lot more in the gym mm -hmm. because he was saying, come on, you're only on 10, you know, you got to get to 15. Four more, three more, blah blah blah. So the support you're saying, like yeah, the, that, the that support, kind yeah, of. yeah. Just I guess the whole concept of working out is supposed to be all about finding that boundary that your body's at and trying to get past it, or trying to right. continuously raise the bar on what your lowest standard you is. You have to fail to in order. To you succeed. have to yeah. exactly, exactly. However, for myself uh, in particular. I find that it's really hard for me to even get to that failure point. I prematurely fail, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of a lot of boys your age do. <laughs> <laughs> um, just feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I feel like that's a that, that's something we can talk about also. Um, that's well, that's these the coaches, or not even just coaches, but just having that mindset or having a plan. You know, if you if you come into the gym with no plan, but you have an idea you can do X amount of workout in that hour and a half time frame, right? right. And now you're, you got to include this mobility mm -hmm. in it, you know. So how are you going to design a better workout plan, number one? Number two, if you go in with that designed workout plan, that's more motivation, for lack of a better word, to follow through with that plan because you have a plan, you have a, a set goal that you know following this plan will most likely lead to that result that you want. Um, kind of lost my point. Yeah. Thinking. Well, I mean, the the going back to the coaches. What do the coaches have an influence on? And I think you you pretty much answered it. I think motivation, mindset is the start of every successful program. Mm. If you don't have 
a mindset of progress and 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 pushing through kind of uh, to the next level, so to speak, then you're never going to get to the next level. You have to fail. As I said, you know, you have to push yourself to the that breaking point and then stop right when you hit that, like right past that breaking point. And having someone there, that, especially someone who knows what they're talking about, a coach, because not all coaches are created equal. Every coach is different. Every coach's rings individual differently, you know, and your swim coach was great for you. And the way that they motivated you was great for you. And every person has a different way of being motivated. And I think that's a, in, that's, that's a whole different topic. And I think it's a really good topic to touch on. And we'll do that in future podcasts for sure. But just the base version of, of a coach's function is to make sure that their players are safe. Because you could be getting better, but you could also be compromising yourself with a with a soon injury that could be you know life changing or, or something like that. That'll change the path. So first and foremost, coaches need to learn the structure through a scientifically you know proven, but also off their own anecdotal thoughts. Because you can't just be a robot. You have to you know every every person is controlled with their brain, and their brain is a very confusing uh, organ. You know, every single brain is different, you know, so learn how to read, learn uh, your players, learn how to empathize uh, what they're feeling and also give them not what they um, want, give them what they need. You know, you can't you can't push strength if, you know, if they have such weak foundations, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, I mean, let me let me restate strength is a founda- a fundamental part of all of those things, but learning how to move correctly is more important and that'll gain the strength there. Mm-hmm. So I think coaches have a huge place, especially in high school. Cause I think a lot of people, they go through lifting programs that fuck them up for life because of a coach saying that you need to uh, brush yourself off and uh, just lift the weight up. I don't care. Just get it up. And that's, that's a very, horrible approach even yeah. though that those people think that they're getting stronger and they think they're getting this maybe 10 years down the road they're going to be broken battered and broken so anecdotal as as mark ripito says it's experienced coaches experience should be under, underlined in that you know because that is a very what what qualifies someone for that you know and a coach needs to look in the mirror and really analyze why am I doing this? It's not just to produce the best numbers, the best things, so people can live a better life and a happier life, hopefully. So I think that's what coaches should do. And that's what working out should do. That's what working out should do. Fuck yeah. It was great having you guys on this podcast, man. Dalton, fucking Chris, love you guys. We'll definitely get another one going soon. Maybe we'll talk about that mindset. Yeah, and just squat more, bitches. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, guys. Really enjoyed that.